and here he is. Let's, let's give a warm welcome to our founder, Mr. Rossi Cherry. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate that so much. Um, I wanted to say that um, ABYBACT is a self-employed entrepreneur business idea. Olivia and I started this business 16 years ago. We're a nonprofit, right? We want to serve. At the end of the day, we're still a business, right? And so we want you all to learn the importance of owning your own, running your own, and doing your own thing within the law, right? Within the law. Thank you all for coming out today. I'm going to keep this very short and sweet. I have uh, my notes, sorry, excuse me. Just got this like 20 seconds ago. All right, so um, one most important thing about running your own business is number one, commitment to your vision. Having a vision, having a commitment, having an idea and a plan. And then also another thing I learned the hard way is making sure you gain the skills necessary for longevity, right? And so that means that you have to be mentored, right? Find those who know how to do what you want to do, right? Be mentored from them, take their help and their guidance, and then also about finding the money to start what you want to do, right? But also just make sure that you're open to new ideas, to innovation, to change, right? And to a long, hard grind of being your own business owner, right? And I, I, my first business was a janitor. I had a janitorial business. I used to run at nighttime after my other real job was from 9 to 5. I was a janitor from 12 o'clock at night to 5 o'clock in the morning. I started hiring high school students who were my nephews and, and all that. And they worked for me in the middle of the night, right? But the idea was they learned the value of respecting their time, being compensated for their time, and hard work and sacrifice. And what you see on this panel right here today is it's hard work, and I guarantee hard workers made sacrifices, committed to their values and their goals as a business owner, but also they understand the greater context of that their work provides services, and needs for our community. And so we thank you all for your time, for being here today, and uh, listen, you learn a lot. Thank you. Thrive. I thrive, you thrive, we thrive. We flourish and grow as we get older. We learn as we get older. Learning is thriving, and thriving is learning. We all thrive. As a community, we can do it together. We can learn together. We suffer, we cry, we laugh, and we love. But what does any of it mean if we are constantly afraid of change? We cannot thrive if there is no change. We are the ones who learn to make changes. changes so we can thrive. We are the ones who thrive because we learn to embrace changes, positive or negative. I can change, you can change, we can change. I can learn, you can learn, we can learn. I can thrive, you can thrive, we can thrive. But will you do your part so we can thrive as a community? Thank you, Kai. Um, and one thing about Kai, I actually challenged her to do a poetry. This is her first time actually doing it. And so I think you did an awesome job. Good job, lady.
<laughs> so uh, earlier this summer, uh, part as we were kind of talking about the year and what we want to see happen, uh, the conversation came up to where we wanted to learn from our local businesses, uh, the entrepreneurs that live in our neighborhood. Not the one who lives in Beverly Hills and all that. They might, they will one day. But the ones who are still here, we want to be able to learn from them, right? And so um, in conversation, um, one of my buddies uh, came across our conversations and um, uh, this young man uh, really admired him, really loved him. He has always uh, come talk to us about the importance of voting. He's out in the community and he's a businessman himself. And so I want to welcome, and if you could give a round of, round of applause for Arthur Calloway. Project CJ. Huh? Alumni? Yeah, yeah, good job. Like, you did Project CJ too? Awesome. How are you today? I'm doing great. I want to know how many people want to run a business? Almost everybody? Almost everybody? How many people want to work for somebody who wants to run the business? Just want to work? Nobody else? Nobody want to work? So you just want to, how are you going to get money? Everybody else who didn't raise your hand to run the business, how are you going to get money? All right, so what we're going to do, I talk too loud. I'm going to give this to the middle of the table. All right, so how we're going to do this is uh, we're going to do intros. I'm going to call out everybody's name. We do have one business owner running late, so they're going to be added in later. We'll introduce them. And then we are going to go straight into the question. Because what I like to do is I like for it to be engaging, and engaging means that you got to be talking so that you pay attention because we know y'all all zone out and be looking at phones when you're not supposed to. And you want to do this to me? No, I'm looking at my questions. Oh, okay, okay. That's a, that's a good trick. It's like, it's on the phone. Is it on paper? Yeah. Okay. You're going to be, we're going to call you up. Are they going to line up over here at this mic? Yeah, we have a... Uh, the mic yeah, is low. It's kind of low, though. But uh, so we're going to call, once they do the intros, then we're gonna set the stage with the first question. I'm gonna ask them. Then I'm gonna let y'all come up, whoever has the actual question want to ask. Um, if you're shy, introverted, make sure to hand your question to your extroverted friend so that you can get the information that you need because nobody should be left behind, right? Right, everybody understand? We good? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna do it easy and go left to right. So we have, Glenn, uh, please stand up and uh, introduce yourself because I want to make sure you introduce yourself exactly how you want to be introduced. I'm an introvert. Can they have me speak for you? <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass them the information. <laughs> I don't think I need a mic as well. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Glenn Roher. I'm the broker owner of Roher Real Estate Services. Uh, a local real estate firm here in the Antelope Valley. Uh, I service, you know, all the all the Southern California. Uh, you need to get some history. Or... Uh, just whatever you can take that pertinent for them to understand. I, I would say like uh, uh, just maybe the size, because because what everybody understands right is that business is not a monolith. There's single owners, and then there's conglomerates. There's all these different sizes. So kind of get like the basics, like how big is your firm? 
how much you know area that you have, or how many employees you have, something like that. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm a I'm a small boutique firm. Uh, I started out with uh, Century 21 Yarn Associates back in uh, the late 90s. Uh, after a year with Yarrow and Associates, I moved over to Remax Albro uh, here in Lancaster. Uh, stayed with them for almost 10 years, uh, and then I went out and created my own uh, my own firm. Uh, currently, uh, again, we service uh, all of Southern California. Uh, I have two divisions. I have a single family division, uh, which covers single families and what they call one to four units. And I also have a commercial division uh, which, uh, which services units, five, five units or more, uh, large apartment complex, industrial, uh, commercial, uh, and land. Uh, we currently have uh, 10 agents in my office, uh, eight up here in the Antelope Valley, and I have two located uh, in, the, in the Riverside area. Uh, again, we service uh, uh, all of Southern California. Awesome. Thank you. All right. I'll try to use the mic. Hello, I'm Tony Castro. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. Uh, I own a Baracoa Cuban restaurant. Uh, it's here in Palmdale, right across the street. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right across the street from Dr. Snow's office. Uh, it's about 1,600 square feet. We opened it in uh, 2013, so we've been open for 10 years now. Uh, a decade, a decade old, so uh, pretty well established, uh, thank God. Um, uh, last year we made about 1.2 million in sales. Uh, this year we're talking about 1.3 million in sales. Uh, this year we got, uh, got voted uh, number one restaurant in the AB for the first time in 10 years. So, huge accomplishment. Um, can only do it with great people and um, a great team. Like I said, I have 20 employees and in, I know my opinion spies, but I have the best restaurant team in the AB and that's why we are the best restaurant. <laughs> so you can't do, you can't run a good business without good people. You need good people to, uh, to run a good business. Um, what else? Um, I do have partners, uh, my brother uh, and my cousin. Uh, we opened it together, same owner since the beginning. Um, but uh, that's about it. Thank you. Uh, hello, my name is Refugio Rodriguez. I go by Refi. I own a candy business here in the Antelope Valley. It's called Refi Snacks. And uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, I started my business three years ago, and uh, it's still in the growing stage, and I service the Angeles County, so Monrovia, Downey, Downtown LA, Lancaster, Palmdale, Santa Clarita. Uh, I focus on farmer's markets, and that's really where I got the chance to meet a lot of people that have different businesses and network through other events. And uh, we recently got... Um, uh, we recently got one of the biggest events at the Dodger Stadium, which was really, really cool for me. And uh, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I was born in Mexico, and then I was brought here when I was eight years old. I'm a DACA student, and 
uh, wanted to go to school to do marketing and so kind of apply those skills into my business and that's how I've been able to grow my business and uh, we've made $256,000 in sales this year so we're growing it. I started at 50 and so that's definitely an improvement and we're not, a, you know, we're not the millions yet but uh, we hope to get there one day and uh, my team is uh, consider my mom and uh, some of my family that helps me make the candy as well and uh, I have a small office here in Palmdale which I call my warehouse you know you dream big and you kind of put in your vision board and that's where we make the candy and I do all the marketing as well um, and you can find me on Instagram Facebook uh, Rafi Snacks as well thank you did you say 25 I love that. I love that. Happy Friday, y'all. You gotta say it back. Happy Friday, y'all. There we go. I am Shamika Bogart. Super happy to be with my ABYB family. I did my social work hours here like three or four years ago. Maybe like four years. That's crazy. Four years ago. I am an entrepreneur. I live right down the street from y'all, so here in Palmdale. I have an online store called Radiant Edge. I'm also a published author. I'm a licensed minister, so I do ministry. Um, I model a tiny bit. But what y'all mostly know me for in that little valley is my nonprofit, Youth with a Purpose. We do a lot of mentorship out here. We do outreach events like Unity for Youth, which is our huge foster care awareness event. This year it was at the AV Fairgrounds. We had a thousand people register. So that is an annual event. We have our toy drive right here at AVYB. Um, every year, so thank you Youthville for hosting that. Um, we also have the Mommy Mentor Network. We match our young black and brown moms with a mom over 30 for at least a year. And then we just opened our foster youth house. Um, right also down the street from you guys for our girls 18 to 21. Um, so this is our third year as an organization in Antelope Valley. We started with zero dollars. Now at three years, we are a two million dollar nonprofit. Yeah, glory to God. Um, I'm also in my 20s. I'm 29. So y'all, we're all around the same age. Y'all can do it. Y'all can do anything. So happy to be here. Good morning, everyone. My name is Frida. I am the owner of Farmers Insurance at the Media Agency. I am located right down the street from you guys, uh, right over where the auto center drive is, so you guys can stop by. Uh, just a little bit about my backstory. Um, after the high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to go to college. I was trying to figure it out, but I know I lacked a lot of discipline, so I did join the military. I drove trucks for some time, came back and realized it's not something I want to do in my in my regular life. Uh, it was fun. So I decided to step into uh, somewhere that was offering a job, insurance, and started from there, got licensed, and I wanted more. So I continued to figure out and find mentors that could help me uh, figure out the next step. Seven years later, I opened my own business. So there was, it was not an overnight thing. I found another mentor in, in uh, two years ago. Sorry, guys, I'm really nervous. <laughs> and um, we are now open two years, thankfully, and we started with four people. And what I do is I protect your families. I protect 
the businesses. I protect your homes and your auto, and that is a job that I take a lot of pride in, and I'm just really happy to be here and hopefully inspire, give honest advice, and show you guys that you can really do whatever you put your mind to. Thank you. Good morning. It's good morning, right? Yes. Good morning. I apologize for being late. I was actually coming from my, you know, nine to five. I'm a school nurse, so I was actually at the district office. I was trying to hurry to get here. So my apologies, but good morning and happy Friday, everyone. So being on this panel, I feel very honored. Um, I started Honey Ink Publishing. It's a stationary wellness stationery and publishing line. I'm a published author, so I published one of my children's books uh, with my husband. Um, I'm a mother of four boys. I've been a nurse for over a decade, so probably about 13 years now. Um, I've worked in telemetry, like cardiac. I was a stroke coordinator for both hospitals out here. Um, and I decided to go into school nursing because I needed some more flexible hours for my children. But during 2020, obviously, you guys all know what happened with COVID. Um, I was burned out and tired and seeing the death and the turmoil of healthcare workers, but also of patients. Um, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was in high school. I'm from Los Angeles, grew up in the Jays, went to Dorsey High. And for me, I wanted a better life. I thought college was the right way, which it was, because it afforded me the life that I have today, which is nursing. But I also wanted something more. Um, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what I was good at. Um, I didn't know what my special talents were, so that was some of my struggles. And that's why I decided to do um, or create journals, because journaling was my safe haven. It was my therapist. It was my um, dream log. It was my prayers to God. And so I knew that that was my passion. And when I realized that, I said, okay, I wanted to start a business that created sweetness in people's life. And so that's how Honey Eat was birthed, June 2020. Now, I stand before all these amazing um, entrepreneurs, but I cannot tell you that my income, you know, after, you know, paying into my business, publishing books, because publishing books is fun, but it doesn't always um, lead to huge profits. So, you know, for me, being in business for three years, my highest profit margin was 10000 which is not bad, but, you know, standing before these individuals, I want to and I aspire to, doing, to, to be greater, right? However, some of my pitfalls, or not even pitfalls, but some of my shortcomings is that I still work a nine to five. I'm a wife, I'm involved in my sorority, Sigma Gamma Rho, um, so I'm very involved in the community. I like to do community work. Um, one of the events that I have done was reading in the park with two um, amazing women, and we want to encourage children, youth to read. Um, read to explore your imagination, um, read to be your own author, read to, you know, just imagine a world you want to see. Um, so we've had probably about 400 people attend. We're in our fifth year this year. Um, so for me, it's, I want to give to the community. Um, I do a lot of workshops around self-love through journaling. Um, I also do a journaling with God class through my church. So for me, um, my business is my passion project, but I also want to make money from it because I don't want to be a nurse forever. Um, I'm for sure you guys have dreams of what you want to do, and I want to take my children places. So, um, you know, Alani, I want to take them to Hawaii and I have to worry. So for me, I'm aspiring to be like you, all of you, and have that 1.2, 1.3 million, 2 million. <laughs> um, but 
other than that, you know, hunting was birthed just out of the love of journaling. Um, so I just encourage all of you guys to just dream your biggest dream. But I come to you as a working entrepreneur. Overcoming the parts of the business that you're not good at and finding the right mentor. 
Oh, that's beautiful. That is definitely, that's, a, I mean, that definitely. Just talking about that, uh, Michelle. Like, you have to understand yourself, which is a mindset that all this stuff is going to overlap, if you understand it. A mindset, understand about yourself, I do not like numbers, so I hire an accountant. I'm, I'm not going to get, there's one person I'm never going to make mad, and that's the IRS. Not, I don't care about making my kids mad, I don't care about making cousins mad, but IRS, I will never have angry at me, because he will put you in jail real quick, and I don't want to go to jail. So. Who has questions that want to line up? Are they going to go to the mic or are they going to stand up and bring the mic to them? Or uh, how are we going to do it? Yeah, we could bring the mic to them if they need it. Is that a. Uh... All right. So, I am going to ask Shamika, what is the hardest thing that you had to overcome? So, what was it and what did you do to overcome it? Um, so I would say this year, the hardest thing to overcome is hiring the right people. Um, sometimes as a business owner, you want to be like, I got it. I'm the CEO. But sometimes you don't. That's why you need a team, right? You don't have everything. There are things that you're not going to know how to do and somebody else will know how to do. And it will challenge your pride to be like, I'm going to let them do it because they're better at it. Um, so this year, definitely delegating, hiring the right people and also firing the wrong people and knowing that it's okay. And if somebody is in your business and they're not doing well, it's not a reflection of you, it's just a reflection that they, that like particular position may not be good for them. And that's challenging when you have to move people around or ultimately fire them. Awesome. I always go by the adage, slow to hire, quick to fire. Soon as you prove to me that you don't want to work for me, I'm going to let you leave. That's it, because every time you have a person on your staff that you actually have to do their work, that means they're costing you twice the money. That's it. It's all about numbers. Go ahead, Tony. Same question. Uh, I think one of the, the greatest challenges that I faced is uh, related to the mindset uh, that you mentioned. Uh, to stay positive uh, while you're losing money. So. Uh, the average business uh, uh, doesn't make money uh, until about uh, two, three years, at least two years. So those first two, three years that you're losing money and to stay positive and maintain the faith, uh, I think that's, uh, that's definitely difficult. When you finally start making a profit, it's like, okay, I, I see a profit and that's encouraging. Um, what helped me... Uh, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, um, so uh, having faith and and starting a business requires faith. You can't start a business without faith because you have no idea what's going to happen. You are faith is one of the biggest qualities that you need to start a business, and without faith, you will not start a business because you have no idea the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. The results are not guaranteed. The income's not guaranteed. So it requires a lot of faith. So uh, from my perspective is uh, believing in God and, and trusting that God knows what you need before you even ask and pray and trust that God's going to provide because all good resources come from God. 
um, and then just walk by faith. Um, another thing that I was going to say uh, that came to my mind uh, that I think uh, causes a lot of people to hesitate, including myself, is that perfection is the enemy of the good. And you don't start because you want everything to be perfect. And that was one of the best advices that I got from a pastor that came to my restaurant. And he saw how much I was slaving away and I was open and close every single day and I didn't have a life. And he said, Tony, you have a great restaurant. I love your restaurant. It's A plus, but you have, you don't have a life. Would you be okay with an A minus restaurant, like a 91%, 92% and you, and now you have a life and you can just trust your team more and delegate, right? And I was like, yes, I would have a life and I would be okay with the A minus. Anyways, to say that you don't have to have a perfect product or perfect process or perfect people to get started. Just get started. As prepare, pray, get everything together, have a good business plan. But if you feel about 90% there, just, just go. You're never going to be 100% ever, believe me. Even me running a business for 10 years, I still don't feel 100%. So do as much due diligence as possible, but then you got to step out of faith and move forward. All right. Very good information. And if you were actually wanting to start a business, I would actually, I, I, this is the moment that you can pretend you're on the phone because writing this information down is gold because you need to build on a solid foundation. And the younger you have this information, and the more mature decisions you make with that information, the better off you'll be. This isn't, nobody's up here and you just start today and those are very lucky people that can just do something today and make a million dollars. You have to have a lifelong experience, whatever that life is, however long that is, to, in order to get to the point that you got, right? A lot of people start later in life, a lot of people start earlier, but the earlier, you know that there's one thing that you cannot get back and that is time, right? So the earlier you start investing in yourself, the more you're going to coop at the end of the, whenever you are ready to harvest, right? It's just like anything. The more you put into it, the better off you'll be. The person dribbling the basketball at six is probably gonna be better than the person that started at 18. So if you heard some, who, who here has been listening? <coughs> Raise your hand. All right, I'm gonna go here. So what did you get? from what Tony just said. Just boil it down to two or three words. That money is the biggest struggle. Money is the biggest struggle. What did you get, sir, from Tony? That's oh, okay. Yeah, Tony's, last one. to be perfect. These are all things that you could be writing down to understand because you could get lost in trying to be perfect. You, you could lose the vision, but you can also get stuck, right? And never make that decision because you're thinking that it's a perfect decision to make when there isn't one. You just have to make the decision and then learn from the decision and to make a better decision. Also, the, the thing that I would write down from Shamika is team. Team is important. And everybody, well, not everybody, I don't know everybody, but most of the people that I meet every time I come out of the AV Youth Build understand the value of a team. If you got an asshole on your team, 
That makes you slow, yeah. right? That, that makes you doubt yourself. That makes you do a lot of things that you don't need to do and get you in trouble when they're making a bad decision and you're trying to keep yourself straight, right? So all of the stuff that you learn in business, the reason that I love business so much, I, have, do, I do have a business administration degree, undergrad and master's, right? The reason I love business is because I can apply business to life. Life and business is the same. The team that you got in the regular, often the personal stuff, makes you a better person in that area, just like a good team does in the business area. You wanna hire, if you are the smartest person in your group, you're in the wrong group. All my friends, the ones that I say are my friends, the ones that I actually say are my friends, some people think they're my friends, but they're not. But the ones that I say are my friends, the ones that are really on the inner circle, right? I think that they're all smarter than me. Tay, back here, smarter than me in his area of expertise, right? That's what happens, you know? That's why he got those big guns, you know? Like, he got 24, it's like, I, he take me to the gym. He made, he made me work out, you know? Like, you gotta have people to have the experience that you wanna beat, that's the person that you go to. And I'll say, never count yourself out. The only way that you're gonna get to that next level is by making yourself uncomfortable. If you want a million dollar business, you need to hang out with people that got million dollar business. If you gotta, you can't eat that day when they go to the restaurant, just get the glass of water. Because you are not gonna get million dollar opportunities unless you're hanging around people that are making a million dollars. When you're hanging around Ray Ray and Junior and they in front of 7-Eleven, that's what you're gonna say. You need to actually elevate. It's okay to go back and hang out every once in a while, but once you stay there, you got to get out of that mindset. So, who has the first question? You got the first question and the mic? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what do you want your outcome to be after all this? What do you want your outcome to be after the business? After after doing business? Yeah. Like in... Uh, after you settle down and everything and everything is done, what do you want your outcome to be like? All right. Like, what does your angle look like? It doesn't end. There is no, there is no final outcome, I, and this is my opinion. It it keeps going because you're creating your life along with your business, and owning a business, you have to plan for it too. So maybe you don't, you you plan to retire. There's no retirement plan for an owner, but there's planning involved for owners. So you can sell your business to your family, to your partner, to whoever it is uh, that you know, depending on how, what your business is and what it costs to buy your business. Um, but to answer your question, one of the outcomes of being a business owner, I think is freedom. It's, it's part of the financial freedom. It's part of the freedom I feel as a woman that I wanna work as much as I can right now so that when it's time for me to be a mother, I can step to the side and know I have a team that is running the business and everything's flowing, money's flowing in. And something someone mentioned is doing insurance and protecting your life, I love it, I take pride in it, but it's not my passion. I want to, my passion is clothes, fashion. I can't get there because I, I'm nowhere near that part of my life yet or in my business, but that's the next step. So there, to me, it just, it doesn't end, but you could do a lot of planning so that you can, whenever you decide that you want to step away, you want to just pick your feet up, you've prepared for that. 
Um, for me also, for my outcome, for my business, um, one, I want Honey Inc. to be an empire. So I look at it as not just stationary, but like clothing and mugs and candles. But also I want it to be generational wealth for my children and my children's children's children. Um, and so because I'm a nurse and I have a business, I want to have other businesses. I want to still get into real estate. I want to own more rental properties. I want to have commercial leasing or commercial properties. So for me, um, the outcome is more wealth because I'm going to have the tools, which money is a tool to um, you know, help my children, to help my extended family, to help families that I don't even know, um, to create foundations, scholarships, um, and, and also the outcome for my business is to genuinely help people. I want people to know who they're worth, know who they are through writing, um, to become authors that never thought they could be the authors. So for me, it's not just um, my like like not just for me, but it's for people I don't even know. It's to help the world. <laughs> instrumentation engineer by trade. 22 years engineering. Um, retiring from Northrop, that benefits me and my wife. Retirement is happy ever after. I created my business so that I can leave something for my family. Leave something to my family. Uh, my daughters, my son, uh, my, my close friends, uh, family members, I want to build a company that I can leave to them, a, a, a legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when, when I'm done, I'm, I'm a lot older than everybody here, so basically I have like three or four years left and, and I'm retiring and done. But I want what I built to keep going on and on and on. I want the raw real estate name to go on uh, in perpetuity. I'm not a Remax. I'm not a Century 21, but I'm a small boutique brokerage. Uh, again, we're here in California, and hopefully we'll have another office in uh, back east. I'm moving back there to start another venture. So it'll be a small boutique company on the east coast and the west coast. When I'm done, they can sit back and take the reins and run with it. Uh, I have a lot of, matter of fact, the majority of my agents are all young. They, they're, they're, I have, well, they're all younger than 40. So uh, so I'm, I'm teaching them so that they can sit back and take care of their families and raise their families as, as well as I was able to raise my families with each career in real estate, so. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, well, let's go. Let's go. The snack guy. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna change the question, right? Yeah. I think for me, I there is no end. Uh, you know, like uh, people up here said, there's really no end. I want to start multiple businesses and really fall into my passion of like helping the community out, especially the undocumented people. Um, and oh, because undocumented could mean any like anywhere in the world. It's not just Mexico. Like there's some people that come from, uh, you know, like Africa and like you know everywhere. So. I wanted to create a foundation where if you wanted to start a business, we, and like let's say that 
I came into this foundation and was like, hey, you know, like I need, I need a business plan. Like, can you please actually help me create a business plan? And I, like, my foundation will be able to help you create a business plan. But uh, more than that, it's just it never ends. And really, you have to like even even uh, even like I would say like even after retirement, like it really never ends because you're that's your baby, you know, so you have to keep growing it and keep pouring water into it so it can grow bigger. One of the uh, things I've learned by having my business in this few years has been um, you need to be able to set your priorities straight so that you are in the right path. Like, I didn't make uh, good choices, you know, like I was, I was a C student as well and I would like be kicked out of class, but taking inventory, right, and Really, I'm still doing it, like, even today. Like, you take inventory of the things that work and the people that you meet, and you're like, okay, that conversation didn't work. Maybe my tone or my attitude didn't work to you. Like, tone it down and also uh, know what works for you and what doesn't is really important when you're trying to be an entrepreneur because that's the way that you're going to move forward and connect with other people. But I would say, like, it never ends. Thank you. Um, I would agree that the end goal and the outcome doesn't end. A youth with a purpose is here to solve social issues, right? Racism is an issue. The school to prison pipeline is also an issue. Black moms and black babies and brown moms and black and brown babies dying in LA County is an issue, right? So all of our programs are a solution to an issue that's happening here. Youth with a purpose will be throughout LA County and then it'll be throughout the whole world. Okay, so at five years, I fully expect to be in a different state, starting the organization in a different state, if not in another county. Hopefully I have another director that is also here to help and like holding the AV youth with a purpose down. But we're, social issues are always gonna be here and there's always gonna be people like you that need to stand up and say this is wrong and to create a solution for it. So for us, for youth with a purpose, that is an end. Um, you gonna see me on TV, you gonna see me on the billboards, going everywhere until our people are okay. Awesome. So, good. Great question, and, but the next question is gonna come here. Do, do you have a mic? I thought you had Angel? Say again? You wanted to go last right there? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Okay. I need, you're supposed to be doing the mic around to the audience. Yeah, so come. <laughs> walk, no, Angel, walk with it, walk with it. You're going to hold the mic, right? Yeah, and you're going to pass it. Then you're going to stand next to the person, and when they're done, you're going to get the mic back, and then you're going to help me out. All right? I'm down, I'm down while you're passing. All right? So, I want you to know what my end is. My end is that I agree with everybody. My businesses, I hope, last forever, but I don't want to be in there. I just want to be on the beach checking in with Chad, saying, where's my profits at this quarter? That's my end, okay? So that's what I want to do. Mojito's on the beach. Go ahead and share the next question. My question is, how do you find the right mentor? And if you don't know millionaires, how do you put yourself in those circles if no one around you, if you don't know, if you're not connected in those type of circles? That's a great question. I'm gonna start off this one. Uh, what I would do automatically for is 
reaching out to CBOs and nonprofits, right? There are CBOs and nonprofits that are, that are directly um, in that field, which are Chamber of Commerce. I'm the chair of the AV Black Chamber of Commerce, and that's how you can get help. Small Business Development Center, that's how you can get help. Small Business Administration, that's how you can get help to get at least the conversation started, right? That's one way. Just um, CBO. Uh, Community-based organizations. Yeah, so nonprofits, just like uh, uh, Youth with a Purpose, um, Free Heart Connection, Valley Oasis, like there's a bunch of those type, but there are uh, nonprofits that are geared towards finance and helping you with finance and building uh, a business and marketing plans and all that stuff. Um, it, it's, it's just like anything. What you're looking for, like online, is groups of people talking like the goals that you have. And then you get in there and you listen. It's about actively listening and then getting next to those people. So right now, because of AB Youth Build, you have a panel of people. At the end of it, you're going to stop anybody that you feel interested or that you have a connection with and start talking to them. And then they're going to have friends that are going to be doing the same thing. And then you just get in those circles. That's the only way to do it. So you did the right thing by coming to this event. <laughs> Uh, Tony, go ahead. Uh, you remember the question? All right. Um, what I recommended before I started uh, my business, uh, I read about uh, five books regarding how to run restaurants and then uh, make sure that you pick authors that have years of experience uh, and are successful. So you could save yourself a lot of time. The more experience they have, the more you can learn from their experience that you don't have to do trial and error, right? Uh, books are very inexpensive, you know, Amazon, you can find any book, and 15 to $20, and you can learn from 20 years experience, and you don't have to go through the pain of 20 years. Also, we have the internet. Um, I'm going to age myself, but I lived in a time when there was no internet. Uh, we have the most powerful library in, in the history of humankind, and it's right here on your phone. We really, nobody really has any excuse that you can't find information um, that you need because all you have to do is type it in Google and it comes up. Um, uh, YouTube, uh, find people that are already running your business and running your business successfully, find their podcast, find, find what they, um, uh, their advice that they put on YouTube and their videos and that will help you a lot. Um, that's the, the least expensive way. Um, and then if you want to find somebody in person, um, I would say uh, reach out uh, either via email is probably the best and uh, recommend uh, or just invite them to lunch or something. You know, say, hey, I know you're very busy. Uh, can you find about an hour of your time, uh, of time uh, on your calendar? No, no hurry. Uh, I would like to invite you to lunch and just ask you a few questions. And if uh, I live on my calendar, basically everything I do is on my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it won't happen. So I schedule everything out. So if, um, if you just appreciate the person's time and you say, hey, I just would like to put some time on your calendar, um, and they'll usually find time. All right, we're going to have one.
one more answer to this because I'm going to try to get some of them and then we double up. We'll let uh, Rafi go and then the next question, you can get the next question on that end. So, unless you really want to yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I heard a lot is like fake it till you make it and it's honestly so true like I put myself in situations like mixers like AV chamber, black chamber, Hispanic chamber uh, go to those, there's a lot of business owners in there and also like it's very important to retrain uh, I, I wrote it around, uh, I wrote it down uh, re retraining, uh, re retaining, sorry, retaining the uh, relationship with these people right these people are busy uh one of my friends her name's sam and she owns three breweries one in santa clarita and two up here and she's busy but i still keep in touch like hey let's go out for coffee or like hey you want to go for a run and you kind of become friends with uh you know see she owns the seven million dollar business i definitely want to know what she's doing what her routine is and don't be shy to ask questions and go up to the table I remember one time at the Double Tree, there was a mixer with the aerospace uh, engineers there, and uh, I met the one of like the top people there, and um, everybody was kind of like shying away from him, and I said, no, like I'm gonna go up to him and I'm gonna introduce myself. Uh, and I went up to him with my business card, and even if you don't have a business card, make one on Google Documents and print it out at home. And I said, hey, uh, my name is Refugio. I have a candy business. I can make gift bags for your Christmas parties. And the wife was there and was like, oh, like you can do Christmas bags. Like I have a nonprofit. And there, like instantly, I got like a $2,000, you know, check literally from just going up and not being scared. So retaining that relationship is very important and going to make thirst, fake it till you make it. Some people are gonna be like dressed to the T and just be yourself. I think that's the main thing. Be yourself and don't be scared to ask questions and re retain like, okay, can I get your email? Can I? Can you get me in your calendar? I know you're busy, but please, please, like, keep pushing until they're gonna be like, okay, like this kid, I need to give him some time. Yeah. And so on that, the sixteenth is my company, the company holiday party. Okay. So I need it. Let's do yeah, it. I, I kept. I forgot to come. Back. Follow up, back up with you. Gotcha. But, but persistence is the key. People think I'm mean because I don't answer the phone, but sometimes if you keep knowing it, then you're the persistent one, you're going to get what you want, right? So that is key. Um, so, question in the back. Um, what set your businesses apart from competitors? Say that again. What set your businesses apart from competitors? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, okay, what's that question? What sets my business apart? There's a lot of stationary companies, but what makes me unique is that I'm a healthcare worker. And so for me, I understand the mental and emotional needs of many individuals, youth, adults. And so for me, my business is going to cater to the emotional well-being through journaling prompts um, and through like literature, like social emotional journals for youth. So it sets me apart just because of my emotional and mental well-being background. I'm going to have my certification in applied positive psychology. I am going back to school for my psych MP. Um, I've been a nurse for 13 years, um, and I've also been in public health. So prior to nursing, I worked in public health for three years in San Francisco, in Bayview, Hunters Point, and in the city of Berkeley. So I have a wealth of knowledge for emotional well-being. I think what's important for any business is how you connect with your customers, and that goes for any kind of service, if, uh, whether it's insurance or whether it's a candy business, 
how are you connecting with the person you're selling to? And because they're gonna talk about you to other people and to their network because how you handled it, what problems did you solve for them that improved their life or just gave them the best possible service that that sets you apart from other people that may be more transactional. Yes, uh, for, for us in real estate, uh, what pretty much sets us apart is uh, we answer our phones. And that's one of our plug lines. And, and also, uh, when we are busy, uh, and if the phone does go to voicemail, uh, then we do return phone calls. Uh, again, that's one that, that feeds the most of the, uh, the, the clients here, uh, not just here in California, but just in, in the real estate world. Uh, uh, plus, what sets us apart is uh, all of my, my agents, uh, I, I teach them and I train them to be, uh, to be the sharpest uh, the, the smartest uh, to stay to stand head and shoulders above all the other uh, real estate agents and brokers here. Uh, so that, that's our main thing is just being being good at our craft uh, and showing that when you sit down and you speak with uh, with, with your client that they see the confidence and of course the education uh, and, and your knowledge. And uh, so for me, my company is a little bit different. I just I work within a bunch of employees that are delivering something. So um, I don't really, they interface with the customer, but from an owner perspective, I want to make sure that my employees are the happiest and well-equipped to do the job so that they work that much harder, which makes my company, gives me the competitive edge over the other company because my boxes are actually getting delivered to the door. Because every time a box is delivered is the, the time that I make money. If they're bringing it back because they're sad and they don't want to work no more, then I'm making less money. So investing in my employees is really how some Glenn, everybody said a mix of it, but really investing in my employees is my number one job as the CEO. All right. So my one and a license, that's all you need. Yeah. My question is, what would you say was the biggest challenge to starting your business? The biggest challenge when starting my business, so I have a very unique story when it comes to incorporating my nonprofit youth with a purpose. I actually had a dream about starting a business, and then it was like confirmed with my pastor and confirmed with another pastor. Well, in the process of starting my business, my dad died. So I put it on hold for like six months. Like, I can't think, you know, grieving. So I would definitely say the mindset was the most difficult, challenging part to be like, okay, it's been six months, let me sit down, I'm gonna write the business plan, I'm gonna file the paperwork, I'm gonna start actually getting in the community, networking, and so yeah, it's, it's definitely the mindset in the beginning. I can't do it, I have no money, and I don't know who to talk to, and I don't know how to even run a business. You have to get through those, those like mental hurdles. see the most challenging um, I would say a location because uh, we kind of we're kind of hidden we don't have a lot of foot traffic 
Um, so we're across the street from Dr. Snow's office. So we're not like at, around the mall where there's a lot of foot tra traffic. So we're very hidden. Um, so, and, and obviously we had zero reputation. Um, and I had no experience running a restaurant. The only restaurant I worked before opening the restaurant was Wienerschitzel. That was my first job. <laughs> Lemonade and making hot dogs. That was I was good at. And then I had to open a restaurant and, and, and cook amazing Cuban cuisine. And I had no idea what I was doing. And no reputation. So I had to overcome uh, being hidden and then having no reputation, establishing myself uh, and, and establishing that reputation. Uh, but the way you establish that reputation is um, staying true to your commitments. Um, Really, I, I think we've said it in a lot of different ways, but really caring about your customer and people. Um, uh, Jesus said the two greatest commandments is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Not more than yourself, not less than yourself. So if all businesses are supposed to contribute to their community, you're supposed to contribute to your pe the people and your, the neighbors around you in some way. If your business is not contributing to your community, it's not a good business. If it's not improving humanity in your community, it's not a good business. So make sure that when you start your business and your product, it's actually contributing to your local community or contrib contributing to humanity. And then when people start to see that reputation, your reputation will grow and people will come back because they know that you're gonna give them something that actually benefits them and makes their life better. If you have a product that makes people's lives better, I guarantee you, you're gonna make money. Guaranteed. So, what we're gonna do right now is stay on that same question, but it's gonna be lightning round. So, what is the hardest thing, two words, and everybody else is gonna be able to answer, all right? Glenn? The hardest thing? Yeah, uh, he said, say your question again. What would you say was the biggest challenge in starting your business? The biggest challenge starting your business, but it got to be quick. Lightning round. Uh, location. 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 Uh, money and mental health. Money, mental health. Mental toughness. Mental health. What to do? Just starting. All right. Go ahead with your question. Um, my question is. What are you most afraid of regarding your business? Say again? What are you most afraid of regarding your business? What are you most afraid of regarding your business and what aspect? Like overall, like what 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 makes them the most worried in the day? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, mental health, mental health. What did you say? The challenge? What to do. What to do and starting. 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 See, I'm taking notes. Because you always learn it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to remember what to do. Uh, go ahead, Michelle. What am I most afraid of? Yeah, on a, on a day, daily in your business, what gives you the most anxiety, I would say? Uh, what gives me the most anxiety is not being able to get anything done. Like I said, I work as a nurse from like 8 to 3. I pick up kids. I cook dinner. I give showers. We say prayers and go to bed. And then I work. And so just being able to actually get the to-do list done of what I want to do to advance my business. Uh, what I want to say is 
Nothing. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because if you ask yourself every day, what am I afraid of? What's going to happen? I don't have any control of this. I'm, I'm scared I'm not going to make enough calls. You kind of crumble and maybe you don't perform your best because you allow those thoughts to block your, your own energy. Uh, lightning. So keep going. I would definitely say the IRS, bookkeeping, accounting. When you are a nonprofit, that means the public, you guys own the business, right? I'm working for y'all. So if I don't have receipts for what I'm spending the money on, that's an issue. So every time I see an email from my bookkeeper, I'm like, that, so you should know every job in your business, right? When you're hiring people, when you're training people, the only job in my business I have not done is bookkeeping. Because I'm not about to categorize all these receipts. I don't care what line it goes on, how much, you know what I mean? I don't want to do any of the bookkeeping. So as soon as I see email, I'm like, she's going to ask, where does this transaction go? What budget is this under? What did you spend the money on? So I would definitely say, not, not scares me to the point of like fear, like, oh my gosh, but it's something I don't like, bookkeeping. Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, and that also is something, a life lesson. You should know a little bit about anything that you're paying for. So mechanics, plumbing, whatever it is, so that somebody can't take advantage of you. So that is the main thing in all the business is to learn just enough so that you understand what when somebody's talking shit. Like, no, get out of here, right? So uh, let's go ahead. Lightning round, let's quick as possible. Even Opera Stacey, like she signs her own checks. Like everything, and it's a lot of checks, I'm sure. But, uh, I would say one thing I'm afraid of is definitely uh, failing and that's totally normal. Like you're going to have this thoughts of failing and not being able to succeed. But um, I, I, I like what Frida said, like if you kind of think about it and you kind of put yourself in the energy, um, but for me it's failing. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think the greatest fear is uh, the business going out of business and facing the embarrassment, right? You know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people know about Baracoa. Baracoa goes out of business. I have to deal with that embarrassment. What happened? Tony didn't lead it right. And then also the letdown of my employees. I have 20 employees. If I have to close doors, 20 employees and 20 families don't have jobs. And that weighs very, very heavily on me. Um, but uh, I like to know about don't focus on it, right? Because uh, there's a saying that I like, where focus goes, energy flows. Where focus goes, energy flows. If you focus on your fear, you're going to make that happen. If you focus on the positive thing, you're going to make that happen. And it's interesting, uh, faith and fear are basically the same thing. Faith is believing in something in the future that's good, that doesn't exist, and you manifest it. Fear is something, believing something in the future that's negative, and you manifest it. So focus on something good in the future, see it, and manifest it, and don't focus on the negative in the future. Okay, in the real estate, uh, the only fear is interest rates keep going up. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah, just no, just because no, just interest rates going up. But fortunately, they're going down. So, uh, what I want to say about emotion, anxiety, fear, whatever it is, 
You have to understand emotions are there for a reason. We were designed with these things. So what it is is to not understand them in a negative fashion, but to understand them. So why do I fear this thing? If I fear it because it's unknown, then you know how to create a pathway in order to actually execute now. If it brings you anxiety, why does it bring me anxiety? Is it because I don't know math? Well, you can then take, go online and then learn and take a couple of free courses on getting that confidence up. Basically, what you have to understand is that happiness, fear, sadness, all of them are just labels for something that is trying to tell you something autonomously. You don't have to know to fear a dog. Your body's going to tell you to do that. And then you have to say, why am I fearing that? Right? So what brings me anxiety? IRS. What brings me anxiety is lawsuits. People think I got way more money than I do, and so they're, they're trying to sue me and for frivolous things, and it just, it's just like, why? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> so, Kai? Um, my question was, how did you come up with your business idea, and how long did it take you to start your business? All right. So, go ahead, you can start off. I'm gonna try what I wanna do, because we got like 16 minutes left, uh, as fast as possible so we can get through some questions. So, say the question one more time so everybody got it. How, how did you come up with your business idea and how long did it take you to start it? Okay, my, my business idea. Um, I've always wanted to, um, uh, to, to, to own real estate. Uh, so the, the passion for owning real estate uh, led me to buy apartment complexes. Um, and after I purchased so many apartment com uh, complexes and I left Northrop, uh, I, I became a real estate agent. And then once I became a real estate agent and enjoyed it, I decided to start my own business. It took me, um, uh, probably took me about three years after I became an agent to, uh, to think about moving on my own and developing my own company. Uh, my cousin Rick was managing the complex uh, where the restaurant's at, and he saw the open unit, and it used to be a Hawaiian restaurant. So it was already built out as a restaurant, and then uh, we've done everything together. My, co my cousin's like my brother, and my brother and I, we grew up all together. Uh, and then he said, hey, what if we put a Cuban restaurant here? And uh, I had the money and we just invested and we got started. It took about a year. Uh, it took about a year to put the business plan together and, and start the business. I was just done being broke. Like I hated being broke and not being able to go to the movies with my friends and just enjoy life. You know, like the simple things like getting popcorn. And also during uh, the pandemic, I lost my job. I used to work at The Habit and then at Fish Grill. So two jobs and then going to college. So it was a lot. And also like, you know, like you don't want to work for anybody. You just, I wanted to work for myself. And so I would say what made me start the concept of selling chamoy candy and agua frescas out to the public and farmer's market was seeing what works. Like I would go on TikTok and see people making chamoy candy and I know that it was trending and I was like, okay, I love candy. I love chamoy, it's in my blood, like I'm Mexican, like I can do this. And so I took something that already works because ain't nobody gotta reinvent the wheel. Like you don't gotta reinvent the wheel, just see what someone is doing and, and 
either ask them or just take it and make it your own with your own little like glitter and stuff like that. With the sprinkles, sparkles. I love that. <laughs> um, so my background is youth services. I've been working with babies, youth, young adults for the past like 20 years. So y'all know I did my social work hours here at Youth Build. I've worked with Penny Lane, I've worked with Tarzan, I've worked with all of the organizations out here. And I'm the type of person, I don't like doing things for no reason. So I would work at so many different jobs and be like, I don't wanna do this. Nope, don't wanna do that. Nope, don't wanna do that. Preschool teacher, don't wanna do that. So one of my last jobs, I was working in a group home, mopping the floors, you know, as a group home direct care staff, you do everything for the kids. Everything, take them to school. Um, if there's a fight, you break up the fight, you restrain the kids, it's a lot. So mopping the floor, I'm like, I know I did not get a degree to mop this floor. Not that there's anything wrong with mopping floors and stuff. I just know I didn't get a degree to do that. So I just, I've always prayed, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I believe everybody in here has a purpose. So I'm like, God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And one day I had a dream of being in a low-income neighborhood in East Lancaster and the kids were like shooting dice, doing drugs. And in the dream I went to them and I was like, why are y'all doing this? Why on the street? What's wrong? Why are y'all doing drugs? They said, well, if our parents are not here, like if a dad is in jail or if the mom's not around, what else are we gonna do, right? There's nothing for them to do. There's nothing for the kids to do. So why not join a game? Why not smoke some weed? Why not do whatever they wanna do? So I told them, or I asked them, if I could help you, what would you want me to do? They said, we want to dance, we want to sing, we want to do all these programs and we don't necessarily have the money to do it. Our parents are not here to help. And I said, I can help you, right? So my mentor popped up in the dream, talked to her, whatever, woke up. Well, actually at the end of the dream, um, the property manager was right there and I kept trying to tell her, the kids in the Antelope Valley need help, we have to help them. We have to get our kids off the street. We have to save them from the school to prison pipeline, right? In the dream, she turns down and she says, it's God. Jesus is telling you to do this. Woke up, I wrote down everything in my dream. And I'm like, I don't want to be in the Antelope Valley. I want to go to Georgia. Like, I don't want to be here. So why would I start a business and I don't want to be here? So I'm praying about it, confused about it. That same week, I went to church. A pastor came. I was sitting on the first row. He's like, can you come here? And I came. I'm trying to speed up for y'all. I came to the front and he was like, God tell you to start a nonprofit, a youth services nonprofit? And I started laughing. It's like, what? Because he didn't know me. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you have a passion for the youth. God is telling you to start this business. God is saying to get started before next year, which was the time I was going to be finishing at Youth Build, finishing my degree. He said, you're supposed to start your nonprofit before you graduate grad school. And I wrote the business plan. Then my dad died. And then after six months, I sat down, incorporated everything, and the paperwork came back within a month. And now here we are three years later. I think my business, I wouldn't say it's an idea because I think um, business in general, any kind of business is separated into different parts. So you might want to figure out what you do like to do and uh, based off that, you can figure out how to open your own business based off what you like. Whether it's helping out the youth, whether it's selling candy because you like candy, you love good food, your restaurant. I just love to help people and make sure that, you know, they're putting their trust in me and I'm going to do good by them. So I kept figuring out 
what what's the next step based off my observations of how an office works who's the one in charge who's the one running this how do i how do i get there is it just money is it contracts is it filings is it business plans what is it and i would say i had the idea of wanting to open my own agency but it took six years it took six years because my intentions were not 100% yet because I was scared. I was scared and I was questioning, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. But the moment that I did set my intentions and I said, I want to do this 100%, God and your faith and everything in your life will align when you set your intentions. 100%. It, it will fall on your lap. You're going to have bumps. You're going to have things blocking the road, but because you've set your intentions on, I want to open the business, no matter what it is, you will find out a way. Um, so for me, like what I said in my intro, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't feel like I was really good at anything. I'm like, what can I do? So I would be in my office working and like crying, like what is my talent God? Like what am I good at? And um, you know, I was like, okay, I can sell on Amazon, but I'm like, what, it, what can I sell on Amazon? And I did classes and paid for things and I wasn't following through. And I'm like, what is it? Like I see myself differently than where I am now. I'm successful, but I saw myself differently. And one day I signed up for this free um, like weekend workshop through TSP, it's like traffic sales and profit. They help, um, you know, Black folks get, you know, start businesses. And um, there was a woman speaking named Crystal Swain Bates, and she wrote, you know, 20 children's books. Um, she was like a spokesperson for Amazon. She created journals. And literally after that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what I'm gonna do, God, because I love journaling and I've always wanted to be a children's book author. And I got on my knees and I said, thank you, Lord, because I finally realized I did have a gift. I was talented in something. And Really, I just started making journals. I mean, my first journals on Amazon um, weren't the best. <laughs> um, but after that, I, I spoke with my girlfriend who is um, has her own marketing company in New York. And that's where we kind of talked about my business and, and how to plan it out. And, and it was like free help. And so that's how Honey Inc. started. But really for you, it's just thinking about what are your gifts, you know, because what your gift is can help hundreds of thousands of people. It may seem small to you but it can really save people's lives. So just something that you're passionate about, um, something that you feel like you can do every day, because when my business gets hard, I still love journaling. I still use that as a tool to help me overcome my battles. So I love journaling, right? But whatever that is for you, your gift, your talent, look into that as your business, because when your business is beating you up, which you will, um, you have to still find the passion to keep going. So you have to like what you do just a little bit. So we're going to take one more question, and then we're going to do the outro. And to answer that question from my perspective, because I think I have a different one. I, I my, uh, the logistics company, I'm more like Tony, never did logistics before. Um, most of the things that I did, I did not do them before I did them. So I have business degrees, and I'm in IT. I have a logistics company, never been in logistics. Um, what I say is I got myself in a point to take whatever opportunity showed up. Right? So I learned enough about leading a group of people, and then whatever somebody's gonna pay me money to lead that group of people to do, that's what I'll do. And my passion is leading people, so whatever the product or service is, it really doesn't matter to me. 
uh, when it actually aligns, like if I had something, you know, to do with, I don't know, comic books or poker, like I would love that. But until that comes about, I'm not going to be able to do it. So the last question is coming from who? Right here. Um, my question is, uh, how did you maintain a successful business over the years? Like, what kept it alive? Okay, so what I'm going to do is, like, what do you feel is the number one reason that your business is successful over the long term? And this one has to be lightning. 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 It. Has to be. <laughs> so it's just, what is the thing? And then for me, I'm going to start it off to show you how fast we can do this. Leadership. I think that is the thing that makes my business successful. It's leadership. I have my people believe in the mission. Marketing uh, and training and education. Jesus Christ. I would say God and networking and also marketing. Those were my top three. God, networking, and uh, marketing. I would say consistency because you're not always going to feel like running your business. You're going to have depressed days and anxious days, whatever type of days. Create your goals ahead of time and be consistent. Work when you don't feel like it. Work when you're sad. Be consistent. Organization and discipline. Faith and a supportive group. All right, so that leaves about three minutes. And so what I want y'all to do is say bye and take about 15 seconds to give your outro and tell them if you want them to talk to you. You might not. You might do. Give them whatever socials or whatever you kids do now to contact each other. All right? Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope that you guys got something out of it. Once again, I'm Michelle Harrison. Um, my social handles are Honey Eat Books on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, Honey Eat Publishing, and what else? Um, and if you would like to talk to me, I'm always here and welcome to uh, receiving your information or questions. Well, uh, thank you guys. I do, I do want to just let you guys, um, one big thing, big, big thing, because you guys are really young, is make sure your credit is good. If you're in a path that you like to spend money, I love to spend money, I love to go shopping, I love to go eat, but I messed up. Position yourself for opportunities, and the biggest opportunity in this in this United States and our nation that we have there are the business loans. Like there's paths for anything, but you're not going to get a loan. You're not going to get money if your credit isn't in order. So you guys are welcome to talk to me at any time. I could give you my email, my phone number, and I am also hiring. But again, it's it's something that. I, I think maybe as a mentor, I can bring a lot of value to any of you guys that are in this, in, interested in the industry. Thank you. Thanks for all the amazing questions, y'all. I am also hiring, so come talk to me after. Um, follow me on Instagram. I know some of y'all's phones are out. Instagram handle is at I-M-E underscore Shamika B. I-M-E stands for Inspire, Motivate, and Empower. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. I know Mr. Lavelle has my book, so hopefully y'all read my book. My book is available on Amazon. It's also available on my website, which is ShamikaBogart.com. Uh, 
I'm Refi, and uh, it has been a pleasure being here with you guys. I feel very inspired for you guys being here. I know you guys are doing the right decision by just being here on a Friday morning. And um, I will be hanging out right there by the TV. If you guys want my phone number, if you want my email, I'm more than happy to um, hang out and teach you stuff that I've learned and connect you with my network. And also, I am hiring as well. <laughs> um, I'm hiring for a cashier and ship lead right now. And uh, I pay 16 an hour if anybody's interested. And uh, I'm, I will say, however, I am very straightforward and I like people that are willing to learn and take criticism to grow. Um, just because that's the way I learned. And also, um, find God, you know, like pray and really uh, ground yourself and work with the universe. The universe is always working with you. Uh, if you if you feel some sort of negative energy, let it go. Any addictions that you're going through, it's possible to let it, to let them go. So don't give up. Start your business. Like literally, start it. Call me. I will help you get your Instagram started. I will help you connect you with whoever I can to help you. All of you here. I'm really passionate about it. So thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, everybody. Um, it's an honor to be here. Uh, it's a great privilege. Um, I'm not sure you probably don't know this, but uh, when I was younger, I was not able to speak in public. Um, very uh, introverted. Uh, I in, in school, I never spoke in public. So uh, you guys giving me the opportunity uh, to speak in public and that I'm able to do it here is is uh, evidence that anything is possible. So I want to I want to encourage you guys. Uh, you guys that, to, that I really I'm a big believer in that anything is possible if you believe Jesus said that if you believe with God all things are possible. So the only reason that we can't accomplish things is you, you you limit yourself in your own mind. Don't let your mind limit yourself. If you if you believe you can't do it, it's true to you. But if you believe you can do it, it is true for you. So just believe that you can do it and start taking action. Action, action, action. Um, I heard a lot about uh, mindset. Um, and something that has really helped, helped me a lot, guys, is you can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. If you want to get out of depression, immediately start get in a grateful state and start thanking God for what you have. We have so much to be grateful for. You have a roof over your head. You have freedom. You live in the best country in the entire world. You have the most powerful library right here in your hand. You speak the most powerful language. If you speak English, you speak the most powerful language in the world. We have so much to be grateful for. As soon as you're grateful, you're not depressed anymore. Depression goes away immediately. So I want to give you that encouragement. Um, also, uh, if it's okay if you don't know what to do. It's okay if you uh, don't have perfect direction, if, if you're a little bit lost. Um, what God commands us is that whatever you do, do your absolute best. Do your best in whatever you do. If, if it's right now in this moment, it's sweeping this floor and mopping this floor, I'm going to be the best sweeper. I'm going to be the best mopper. I guarantee you, if you do your best in whatever you do, you're going to be given opportunities. Somebody's watching. Lavelle sees that you're... I've never seen this floor mopped 
that good ever. He's going to give you more opportunities. He's going to give you more jobs, right? So, and that's with any, any supervisor, any business owner, any boss. The employees that work the hardest, you're, we're going to give you crazy opportunities and you're going to get those opportunities. And then as you grow in those opportunities, you're going to be given authority to give other people opportunities because you're going to have influence. Uh, and then if you want to reach me, uh, Tony at BaracoaCubanRestaurant.com um, or excuse me, Tony at Baracoa, yeah, uh, that's, that's just correct, at BaracoaCubanRestaurant.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll make it quick and sweet. Uh, Arthur, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I appreciate uh, talking with you guys. Thanks for coming and uh, good night. We appreciate all of you. Like I said, I think what we're going to do is uh, Lavelle has uh, all of the contact information. So if everybody's okay with it, then Lavelle can just send anybody the contact information that they already collected from you. Uh, just give him the okay. Uh, and then you'll get that. So if you have to leave, it is fine. Uh, but they do have a presentation. But the people that got to go back to work, there's no obligation, you know, because you got to work, got to make the money. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, before we before we shift, there's a um, uh, and I'm gonna call the list up because we actually do have a raffle for our our local uh, business people. So if I could. Um, and let's give Miss Alyssa a round of applause. She <laughs> um, did the emailing, the calling, the decoration, and basically took the lead in uh, putting this together. So thank you. And so she's going to pull. Uh, you want to tell them what you're doing? Um, I just put everybody's name in this little cup, and I'm just going to pull one. So whoever wins this little basket, I'm not <laughs> Okay, so the person who won it is Frida.